Welcome back to Let's Get Mary, the wedding and event podcast from brides who've been through it all and the founder of Mary, a day of coordination company. Sam is not here. I was just about to say hi, Sam. Um, but we let Sam have a little Christmas break. So we are recording the week of Christmas. And, you know, she deserved a break. She works hard. She is probably off somewhere baking one million cookies um, or decorating her house to a tea or, you know, dressing Brody up in his cute little costumes. Um, she's the best. <laughs> we owe so much uh, gratitude to her for the year. Um, and this will be a fun solo episode, but we do have a special guest for you. But before we get into that, um, you know, just wanted to talk to the people. This is our first episode of the new year and we are excited for 2022. You know, um, I just heard a really interesting perspective about the past year. And it obviously wasn't the first year that we dealt with the craziness of COVID, but um, I'm forgetting who was saying this, but I think what's important for us to remember is that there were pockets of really great things that could have happened. You know, if you take a step back for a year at a whole, like we've had the past two years, it's probably hard to say, oh, it was a good year, right? Um, and easy to say, oh, this year was just horrible. Let's hope that the next one's better, but at least Personally, and I hope for you all too, that there definitely were pockets of, um, you know, micro positivity or even bigger than that, you know, and I, it is hard, you know, as someone who uh, got married and did have some fun, amazing moments of the year from my batch to my wedding, to my nephew being born, um, to success with Mary and things like that. So I hope whether it's big or small or somewhere in between that you can look back at the last year and had some good moments. And uh, like I said, I hope 2022 is great for all of us. And what's fun on my end is that in just a couple of days, I will be off um, to guest at my first wedding of the year, um, my dear friend from college and his fiance, who we have all grown to love so much. And um, what's funny about um, my view of like weddings with this couple is that at our wedding, um, the bride, Jamie, who is just so sweet, she actually, she, this is funny. So we were dancing on the dance floor and, um, my sister has always loved outcast and I love outcast too. And you know, whatever, who doesn't. And, uh, an outcast song came on and I think Celia was outside my big sister. She was outside, um, and ran inside to the dance floor and she had a glass of wine in her hand and she didn't know where to put it. And Jamie, who's getting married at the end of this week, when this episode comes out, just grabbed it out of her hand and said, go, you know? And I just think that is the best type of wedding guest. So I hope I can be the best type of wedding guest, um, at my friend's wedding this weekend. And I'm excited for all of my college friends um, to get together, you know, we've said on this podcast a couple times, but we just lose our minds on the dance floor. So I'm excited to do that this week um, and uh, celebrate Jamie and Azriel the way they celebrated Tony and me this past summer. Um, so I always definitely get a little bit of a spark of excitement at other people's weddings um, after my own, um, and especially as a guest, because it's very different from how we see a lot of weddings. So other than that, you know, it, like I said, Christmas is this week, um, the week we're recording. I've made some delicious Oreo balls covered in Ghirardelli chocolate. That was amazing. I hope you all have some treats on your end as well, and everyone is healthy. Um, and yeah, we have an exciting episode for you, so we will get into it. Okay, episode eight. So this is our Maid of Honor Crash Course episode. Everything that your Maid of Honor needs to know, everything that Maids of Honor you need to know, especially if this is your first time doing this. So today we'll dive into what this role entails, how best to be a Maid of Honor, and also what it shouldn't entail, what you do not have to do for the bride. If this role has been bestowed upon you and you don't know where to begin, we're here to help with a very special guest, an experienced maid of honor, my big sis, Celia. Celia has been a maid of honor twice, a role many people don't even have once, and most recently for myself over the summer. 
So who better to weigh in than the maid of honor from a merry wedding? Welcome, Seal. Hello, and hello to your fabulous listeners. Thank you so much. So happy to have you here. We are missing Sam, uh, but we gave her a little bit of a holiday break. Uh, this is our first episode of the new year, and what a great way to kick it off. Yay, okay. 2022. <laughs> Let's hope it's a good one. Okay, so before we get into the meat of things, we were, of course, missing our custom cocktail queen, but I thought about this afternoon uh, a wise phrase from Celia ahead of my bachelorette when we uh, delegated um, to to Sam to bring custom cocktails to my batch. Celia said, I don't mix drinks, I pour wine. So Celia, what is our drink of today's episode? <laughs> That's true. I could never possibly hold a flame to Miss Samantha. Um, but today we have Evesham Pinot Noir from Oregon. Uh, Pinot Noir, I feel like this time of year is just like a really nice time to have Pinot Noirs. It's really nice uh, for holiday dishes, super delicious on its own, um, really great with a charcuterie board, which I know you are a big fan, Miss Mia. I am. Hopefully we'll have just enjoyed mine over the holidays when this episode launches. <laughs> That's right. Great. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Okay, let's get into it. But first, I do want to give some context of who you are, what you're good at, what you do full-time during the week, aside from picking up my miscellaneous FaceTimes anytime I have any problem at all. Um, so tell the people about um, what you do for work. Sure. Um, well, first and foremost, I am a big sister to Mia. You and are. I play that role in, in many, many ways. Uh, but for work... That's not really work, being her sister. Uh, for work, I am going on four years now of um, running my own boutique consultancy for nonprofits, small companies, higher ed institutions. And we work on a range of communications and marketing projects, really everything from brand development to content creation, editing, copy editing, writing, PR strategy. What's the name of it? I don't think you said the name. Oh, bright or good. Oh my gosh, I'm terrible. I swear I'm in marketing. <laughs> I love the name. I love calling bright or good our sister company <laughs> because you're actually your sister. <laughs> um, but I have to say that usually, are you sending a holiday card this year? Because I haven't gotten it yet. It's in the mail. Way to stress me out, Mia. Well, you know, it's just usually like a beautiful card from Minted, and I was just curious where it is. But you did send me a very nice gift uh, last week, and it's one of Sam's favorite beauty brands, the Sunday Riley um, CEO Glow. Uh, what's it called? Yes, the face oil. Face from oil. one one CEO to another CEO. I highly recommend it. It smells so good, and I thought of thought of Sam also immediately when I opened it because she's talked about that brand on the podcast before, but what a nice gift. What a good big sis. So now we will get <laughs> into all the other reasons that you, <laughs> I owe you. We had quite the 2021 of you supporting me. Um, so like I said, this is all about uh, maids and matrons of honor. And so I wanted to start out with us looking back to actually where this originated. I know that Sam and I oftentimes we'll see what a tradition is rooted in, either evil spirits or misogyny or both. Um, but this this one's pretty interesting. So it uh, the maid matron of honor um, tradition originated from Roman law, which required 10 witnesses to be present for a wedding to outsmart evil spirits. The maid of honor made sure that she stayed close to the bride and dressed exactly like her to confuse any threats until her fate was secured and she was married. So the maid of honor also helped the bride dress before the wedding, which we know can sometimes be a trend still today. So some of these traditions kind of made their way through since Roman law. And um, they also used to help 
weave a wreath of aromatic flowers believed to protect her from evil spirits. So that was a maid of honor's wool. Um, so again, evil spirits. And the term maid of honor came from the, the UK and it meant originally female attendance to the queen. So it was actually someone who was a servant to a person. So just keep that in mind as we get into all of this. So we will start with simply, what do we think the role of maid of honor is today? What do you think it is, Seal? So I think it, I mean, not to take an easy way out, but I think it really depends on the person who asked you to play this role, whether it's your best friend, your sibling, likely, you know, the first thing you probably want to do is just have a conversation with them about how they want you involved, right? Should you should you be warding off evil spirits? Or are you just, you know, a pretty right hand person next to them? Um, you know, typically, in my experience, it's like, I liked some of some of those historical references that you brought in, because I think that is really how I see the maid of honor, you are beside the bride in this incredibly important moment in their life. Um, you're probably play, playing some kind of role in The Bachelorette. Um, you might be in charge of picking out dresses for the bridesmaids or at least general style. Uh, you might have a speech at the wedding. I think, you know, the biggest thing that I would underscore is that you are the head communicator with the bridesmaids. Mm. And I think that might look different for everyone, um, like it, it just probably depends on the situation, but it's everything from like, if there are additional secrets planned for your bride or events or outfits, um, just the go-to person who is not the bride. That's a great point. And what you didn't say at all is that you don't live to serve the bride. It's like support and support within communication or making decisions or something like that. But uh, something yeah. you said that Sam and I have talked about is, yeah, having that conversation up front. I think there can be mm -hmm. their excitement and, you know, kind of people get caught up in like the, the bridesmaid proposal, like the box people mm -hmm. do, but it's, it's probably the best way to protect your relationship to like take that step back immediately and get the lay of the land of what this person's expecting of you. That's right. I absolutely agree. Yeah, it's it's support on all different levels, right? So it's it's support with tasks, but probably also moral support too. Um, it can be such a you know stressful time, especially leading up to that exciting day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. And I al always think about that you were the closest person to our wedding planning, aside from Tony and I, you know, we, we see a lot of couples, you know, either paying for weddings themselves or making the decisions on their own. And it's no longer the, the, it's not as typical these days to have parents as involved and you right. didn't forcefully make decisions and like, say that you had a better idea than us, but you were that person, that third person for Tony and I each to go to and say, what are your thoughts on this? We need an outside opinion. Um, and I will say that it is very, very helpful, especially if you have very different opinions on things. Um, because I think, you know, if you like certain things or your styles a certain way, having a third party person to say, could get a little tacky or that's actually a really good idea or maybe we should word it this way it kind of brings you out of this like vortex you get in while wedding planning to have someone else's opinion and whether you want to take it or not it just kind of like gives you that sounding board that the two of you you and your fiance might not like have that perspective yeah that's such a good point that is such a good point and there's so there's trust there too right like i think like that's something that we're identifying um obviously if, if you have been honored um with this title in this role there's a lot of trust um from from both you know both people in the wedding party it, most likely in the wedding couple so what tips and tricks do you have for other maids of honors So I have a few. 
The first is it's actually something I thought about from a couple episodes previously when you and Sam were talking about how nerve-wracking it can be to plan a wedding and you want to make sure that your guests have fun and how important it is that just you have like the wedding couple has fun because then the other folks there will have fun. So I think like as as the maid of honor, somebody who's so close to one of the two people getting married, like you're important and your ability to be there for support, tasks, last minute needs is super important. But as is the fact that like you also have fun. So I think like there's that piece that like you have, you should be having fun. Um, the second one, I was thinking about your actual wedding day and I didn't imbibe in the champs before the ceremony uh, because I really wanted to be present and help you make decisions. Although you had it so incredibly under control, you didn't need that. But I just like, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, start the fun too early. Um, and then the third goes back to what I'll probably repeat a lot is this like communication often with the bride, right? Mm -hmm. So I had the luxury of reviewing and copy editing all of your programs, um, but I didn't realize it until afterward how much that gave me an understanding of the whole wedding weekend. Mm -hmm. So like as much as you can get that lay of the land from the bride, from the wedding couple, um, it's so helpful. It's, it's also just so helpful because then you can answer questions um, from people. So the wedding couple is not always bothered. Mm -hmm. So even something as detailed as like, you knew what time the buses were going to leave for the reception. Is that what you mean? Like looking through the program? That's right. I did. Yes. And I understood uh, even the movement, right? From, from one space in the venue to another space. Um, and even understanding probably like all the people involved too. Like it was just, it, you know, I, and, and again, that probably depends on the size of your wedding party. Um, but even that was just helpful to like, you know, the, not all these people were my friends, me being your sister, not a friend. Like I didn't know a lot of these people. And so I think that even that level of understanding helped. Mm -hmm. I remember one time we were editing the, I think it was the program because you didn't just edit my program. You edited it, save the date, invite, menu program the wedding website like there this is why That's i right. to talk about brighter good listeners because no one is better at grammar and editing than my sister so if you have a grammar question maybe there's know. a new arm of my business right yeah exactly and i feel like we the menu was like really really last minute and we thought we were all done with bothering me with you with things but that was really that was <laughs> We had you on a retainer, um, but yeah, um, exactly. I remember you were editing the program and you were like, wow, so many Italians. And I was like, oh yeah, this is the first time she's seen like the list of the groomsmen names and whose cousins right. versus family versus this, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so what is the best part of this important role? Ah, uh, well, I think, you know, being, it, it might sound really corny, but like just, being by your sister or your best friend's side uh, during during and leading up to this like very momentous occasion. It sounds so cheesy, but my favorite memory is when the photographer told you and I to hold hands. I just squeezed you so tight. And it was this moment that I was able to stop and just be like so honored to be there, like physically right next to you. Um, so that was huge and that is huge and that will forever be a memory. But then I, the second is actually the bachelorette. And this could be because like, there's a significant age gap between us. And so I was able to, you know, party like it was 10 years ago again. Um, but like, and your friends were so fun and helpful, but I just like, it's such an awesome opportunity to plan an incredible party for someone you love. And that, is just like such an such a fun part of the role those are the best i did i remember that happening uh, when geo was having us take photos um but i like kind of forgot about that that's such a sweet memory and the batch just 
I think my friends will be talking about it for a long time. I was FaceTiming with them for four hours on Friday night and, um, they both were, they all were lamenting. I was on with a bunch of them. They all were lamenting how much they miss you and, um, Oh, our sister-in-law, Lauren, our, our brother's wife, um, they just, you know, I, I just feel like you're going to open up your door one day and they're going to all have gotten themselves to Colorado and just show up. So it, it really was fun because I knew that my friends would just be so obsessed with you and like they, they didn't, they hadn't ever met you. And I think, I don't know if that's a product of like where you lived when I was in college, when I became closer with all of them or our age difference, you know, some of the other girls who have sisters who are like a year younger than them who also live in the city. Like I know them really well. So it, it was, um, it was really fun to see all of those relationships kind of form and friendships form. So. How yeah. It's such, it's such a nice opportunity, especially if there is that scenario, right? Where like you're the maid of honor, but you might not know the other bridesmaids or the other close friends that well. Um, it's such a nice opportunity before the wedding to start those bonds. And I know that like, you've always talked about that, how important that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. And um, I am lucky that I have pretty go with the flow people. So um, I think mm -hmm. they all appreciated how on top of everything like you and I are like we are a good pair with like planning too so <laughs> um, okay so what is the worst part of being a maid of honor and you can be completely honest ooh you have blocked out those memories <laughs> no um well one is maybe not the worst but it could be the most delicate and that's around money so as your older sister, this was not tough between us, but um, being honest, right, with bridesmaids about costs and friends for the bachelorette. I think like while it can be awkward and tough, it's so important to have calculated how much this is going to cost for people. Um, and that is obviously, you know, the bride plays a role in that. Um, but the maid of honor, you know, should be able to have those conversations about, about money. The other thing, like this has not happened to me, um, but I'm, I can imagine that like dealing with a mother or father of the bride um, could be a tough thing to navigate. And, you know, you could potentially feel like you're in the middle. Like if one of them has strong opinions about bridesmaids dresses, um, again, this is where like having your bride involved and having that communication through line to your bride is like especially important. Mm -hmm. That's a good point about money that that probably does that awkwardness can fall on maid of honor how involved is the bride with the bachelorette planning all of that and so sam and i have talked about that you need to be upfront with bridesmaids when you ask them of what everything like we said the lay of the land but specifically financially but that actually is a good point of all of the bachelorette people chances are there's some people that are not bridesmaids so you might not be ever having a conversation about financials with some of these other people so then that will That's fall right. in your lead of honor so brides should have a conversation even if you're not involved in the batch planning we can get more into that in a, in a bit um of you know where do you want to cap it um i was just somewhere where someone was asking like oh is this too expensive for x and someone else was there and was like no that's not and i'm like you don't even know her friends you don't know their jobs you don't know did they lose their jobs during COVID? Like you need to be sensitive. Like you might, and I, and I know this person That's comes right. from a little bit more money and I'm assuming that their friends also do too, that I was like, Whoa, if that was me, like I would, I, and you know, try not to judge. And like, that's this person's perspective. But I think you do need to really take a step back and think like, it's not across the mm -hmm. board that everyone can spend X on a weekend um, or a dress or something. So um, yeah, exactly. So that's true. That can get really awkward. So brides should help their maid of honor. And I have heard other stories of maid of honor really having to be the bad guy and then kind of having beef with other people. And then that makes for such not a fun batch. If there's tension between like your big sister and like a friend, can you imagine like that would have put such a damper on my weekend? So right. Exactly. My That's right. Weekend, so everyone's weekend. Um, but yeah. 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 It, and that's right. It can be awkward, but you just, you, these are things you have to talk about. Yeah. 
Okay, what do you wish you had known before ever becoming a maid of honor or bridesmaid in general? So this is, I guess, a little bit connected to even what you were just saying around different expectations. And I would say like the first time I was a maid of honor at this point, that was probably 10 years ago and I knew nothing. I had the luxury of a very easygoing bride, my best friend from college. Um, uh, so I'm not sure that she noticed any lack of preparation. Um, oh, but I did, I would say the one thing I pulled an amateur move when I picked out the dresses, uh, they were very difficult to dance in. And I was basically in charge. I think I picked out all like the one style and every single bridesmaid wore it. And it was constricting on the arms. And there were some bridesmaids that were not happy. I will tell you that. Um, so that was one thing. Um, and then I would say, you know, this was connected to what you were just saying. Like in the la in those 10 years, a lot has changed. Like multiple day bachelorettes are much more common now. Like this was not necessarily the big thing um, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So again, this goes back to cost. Like you've got to really be realistic about um, what you can afford, what the bride wants. So I think like there's, again, there's a little bit of that where I, I think it's it's helpful to just know some of those, um, just those challenges uh, when you are going into this role. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. That's a good point. I didn't realize you were given the important task of you got to choose the dress for everyone with yes. the other wedding you're made of honor in. Yes, we went around uh, with Tracy and her mom and all around Long Island and all of these bridal shops and tried on a about a million dresses, it felt like. <laughs> I love that was a nice <laughs> dress though. I um what I thought you were gonna say is that the makeup artist forgot to put mascara on you. Didn't that happen at that wedding? Did they? Yeah. So I feel like the lesson there is oh even if it's not your even if you're not the bride still like try to have a minute for yourself to for take yourself it. yes and like go assess your makeup fully and like stuff like yes. that i think that's the wedding that that happened to you at well you are make it's uh, that might have happened i'm like wow did two bad things happen the yeah. other thing that happened is that i was uh, getting my hair done and it was not at all like the picture and as maid of honor I was like I can't mess with the timeline I can't speak up I can't say anything and the other so Tracy had a maid of honor and a matron of honor and the matron of honor pulled me inside and said she made you look ugly we are have to redo your hair we are taking it down we have it's and like if Stacey had not said that to me I would have just sucked it up so I don't I don't know which was you know I guess it's like in all things in life, like you still have to be an advocate for yourself. Like mm -hmm. you shouldn't, again, it goes back to your, your historical reference there. You're not a servant. You're not there to like, you know, put all of yourself aside. But, yeah, exactly. I think, and we can get more into this in a question or two, but um, I think liking what you look like in your close people's wedding photos is very important. Yeah. I'd be very upset if you were like, wow, I hate how I look in all of your wedding pictures that you're going to have to like, be around my house and like whatever for the rest of our lives. So um, that that's a, that's right. That's point. Yeah. You want to like what you're, what you're going to look like, which goes back to, you know, being within reason, being vocal about the dress that you want. I think you should. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to speak up within reason and, and there's a delicate way to say, I don't like X. Let me, can we, look into something else like a different material for a dress or something like that for sure okay is it important to have the bride weigh in on planning the bachelorette Ooh. so i was immediately going to say yes because i'm thinking about this from a very personal standpoint and planning with you um i think it probably does again it, it goes back to like it depends on the person depends on the bride but you know, I am firmly, firmly in the camp of like not embarrassing people when it's their special day, whether it's birthday, whatever. I just like, I'm, I'm not a fan of intentionally making people feel, 
feel uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but some people have those relationships with each other, right? So like, it's important whether you're solely planning this yourself or the bride is involved, I think to like know your bride, right? So like, does your bride want super crazy wild Vegas type vibe? Um, are there sensitivities around alcohol? Does your bride want like sash and matching outfits and, or would that like completely make her cringe? So like, there are so many different ways to plan really incredible bachelorette experience. Having the bride involved, like at least in some ways, um, is essential. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just also, again, getting the lay of the land. Hey, what do you want to be involved with? What do you not do yeah. you want surprises? Do you not want any surprises? Because people seem to feel very strongly one way or another mm -hmm. with surprises, right? So you I loved what we did and it was perfect for us. And and you know, Sydney, one of my bridesmaids, said that my weekend and planning for my weekend was very different from what she's experienced. And she's been a bridesmaid a whole bunch of times. Of I was very involved, but I liked being involved. I'm an event planner. Mm -hmm. I love I like planning decorations and I liked working on it with you, but you guys also like planned surprises for me, which were so fun and fitting. And they weren't anything crazy that I was like, Oh God, this is awful. They were like awesome, funny, fun things. Um, so you did a good mm -hmm. job. Balancing. And it's, you know, I wonder if it's also a little bit of self-awareness on the maid of honors side of do you think you know this person? Do you think you know what they want? Or do you actually know what they want? And so, you know, do you assume that they are this person who wants craziness or a little bit of raunchiness or something? Um, right. Or is that you putting forth what you want to do on a bachelor, bachelorette weekend? Maybe you're going into this as like a single girl or something, or like you're going into this of like, no, this is not what a batch is to me. Like, it's not about you at that point it's about what this other person wants so kind of taking yourself out of it totally i've never totally. I've been of honor so i think no i actually think that's a really good point um and it it does it connects to what you were saying about how um two when two people can be really really different and that is like that is me and you like we actually like we have very different styles and there was so much that like I even learned about um and I I know you really really well but I learned by having those conversations about like what do you want what do you want the days to look like what do you you know even like what kind of food like should we be cooking together should it be should we have a chef come in and do something so it was like I I even started running the risk of assuming that like oh this is my sister I know exactly what she wants and, like um but it does like I think it's really important. This is such a, such an important party. You should absolutely get her opinion. Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, you hadn't met all of the friends that were there. So who can give the best perspective of like, what the vibe is going to be like, who does, do people not get along? Are, are they crazy partiers? Are they really tame? Is everyone, does everyone have a, a food intolerance we need to know about? Yeah. <laughs> that was the bane of our existence in the month of May. <laughs> everyone's food allergies yes i know and you know that's where google forms that was like one of the best things we could have ever done mm -hmm. yeah, yeah actually we should talk about that for a sec so you sent out a as maid of honor it helps keep you organized you sent out like a quick survey of you know a size of something we needed um food allergies like <clears throat> people wanted all of those things so it did take some of the guesswork out of it for you hopefully yeah, exactly. Like just even how do you take your coffee, right? Like this, especially because it was a weekend away. I think, you know, we had a couple nights together. Like you want, you just want people to feel comfortable and, and have their morning routines the way they have their morning routines and things like that. Like it just, those are the little touches that, especially again, when you are, you know, asking folks to, to come away for a weekend, you know, let's make sure that like they, they have what they need. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Do you think it is the maid of honor's job to plan the bridal shower? No. I agree. Point blank. <laughs> I don't know whose it is, but it's not your job. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my job. No, it's not the maid of honor's job. 
I I agree on like the who is it. That's where you know, I I can only answer no. It is not the maid of honor's job. Yeah, I'd agree. It's and if that's something that you want to be or you expect to be the maid of honor's job, that should be set up front. And I even in our proximity perimeter of where we've done weddings the the regional differences of opinion on things is so crazy and i saw this this year more than ever and i think that really speaks to bridal showers in general you know people are more and more Mm -hmm. foregoing tradition um Mm -hmm. so you might have an expectation that your maid of honor who you met in college who grew up in a different state than you has a really different uh, opinion of. Um, so yeah. yeah, so true. Okay. Do you think the maid of honor should look different slash be differentiated from the other bridesmaids in terms of look dress, everything like that? Ooh. So I think it's nice. Um, it's an honor, right? You you have this special honor at the wedding. If it's if it's appropriate for the wedding for you to be differentiated, it's a really nice gesture. And I would also say, as the maid of honor, it's not necessarily your place to push for this. Like, if it's natural to have this conversation with the bride, by all means, discuss it. But I don't think it's something that like it is an expectation or should be an expectation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Would you have rather that I differentiated you more? I'm curious. Um, well, yeah, like I should have, I should have <laughs> been like, you know, carried in a chariot down the aisle or something. Gosh, no, um, no, you were, so, and that's the thing, you were very willing and open to the style of dress that I wanted. And you actually, I think intentionally like had me pick the Navy first. So mm-hmm. then we can make sure that the other girls, um, you know, matched somewhat. So like you, you gave me first dibs on a lot of things um, mm-hmm. and style of dress too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you would have told one of the other bridesmaids they would have had to find a new dress if it looked like <laughs> mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also was realistic of, we said this, but if you didn't like what you looked like, I I would have known and I would have felt bad, or maybe that would have caused some tension mm-hmm. us or something. I just mm-hmm. I didn't want that. I'm particular about what I put on. Um, and I know you are too. So even though we have different mm-hmm. style, I think it ended up really allowing us to have a classic looking group of dresses and everyone had mm-hmm. a, a different dress style, but everyone was the same color. But what I also did was um, I wanted, I, I was very, very particular about the shade of navy. Cannot believe that how many shades there are. That's something I learned in 2021. <laughs> um, but I let you choose where you wanted to get it from, too. Then the That's next right. bridesmaid, also, this was, I mean, partially we're still in COVID, but this was times of COVID that there were places where I could only it could only be two people like me and one other person. So I went bridesmaid dress shopping alone with each person and two of them I couldn't even go with. So they ended up doing like ready, ready made dresses, but oh, everyone right. one-on-one. So you and I went on one, went one-on-one first, then you found a dress. Then the second person who made themselves available, um, not a maid of honor, they, I didn't have two, it was just you. Um, the first of the bridesmaids to make the next appointment, then, basically made the decision for the rest of the girls of what brand we were going to go with. And if the dress that, so it was Alexa, Alexa was really on it. We lived close to each other at the time. We went and made an appointment a couple of weeks after you made a choice and she liked the brand Bill Lovecoff from Bella Bridesmaids. And that Navy was very similar to yours. And even if it wasn't, I was fine with that. And even if we got there the day of, and you were a different shade, I was going to be totally fine. But since Lex was first, mm-hmm. and then I looked at the brand and I liked the range of price. Um, there were $99 ready to ready to wear dresses that could be shipped. Um, and then they went up to like $300 for custom dresses. And so then everyone from there had to choose a Bill Lovecock dress. Um, 
and yours, where, yours was from Reformation, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And it ended up being exactly the same color. I was, I was strict mm-hmm. on the material needed to be the same too. The brand had a couple different materials, but that was important to me to like not have a different shine. Yeah. So that's kind of the way that we did it. So like you chose what you wanted, but then like by happenstance, like Lex actually wrote the next course of action for everyone else. So, okay. Alrighty. So let's talk specifics. And this was a question from someone who is going to be a maid of honor for a merry wedding this coming year. Uh, what are specific things that the maid of honor is responsible for on the bachelor weekend and the wedding weekend on that day, not ahead of time, but actually once we get there and we're in the action. Oh, okay. So once we're there, so bachelorette, um, probably the plan, right? Like you should, whether it's one day or three days, uh, it's knowing the plan, being the go-to contact for like reservations, um, or if there are, you know, if there are drivers involved, whatever it might be, I think like that, like you are the go-to person. Um, and also identifying where like you need help, right? So there's like delegating that's super important here. Like <clears throat> you said this earlier, but we had your lovely co-host, Samantha, um, was in charge of all of the cocktails for each day. And that was like, while obviously we had planned on that beforehand, like in those moments, Sam and I would talk and she would be like, okay, is now the point? Should I make the cocktails? So there was a, there's a lot of like schedule information that I think you're in charge of. Um, and just like, it goes back to kind of what I said about the wedding, like having fun, right? Like it's, it, it's, other people are going to feed upon your energy. The bride is certainly, you know, might be stressed out or worried about people having fun. So I think like you, you also should be having fun. Um, what would you add to that list? So hmm, let's see. Yeah. In the batch house, like some, like you were, you're the host or like we acted as co-hosts. That's, That's a good Another word. maid yeah. of honor might not be co-host with the bride. But, Maid of Honor might be simply the host on other other batches, but you know, what's the where's the Wi-Fi? Oh, it's the thing over there. Like, hopefully, yeah. you have other people helping. Um, but I, I and I think something that could be helpful for Maids of Honor too is like, okay, um, like I said, maybe not everyone on that trip is a bridesmaid, but you do have your bridesmaids to kind of be your right and left hand. Like, they're going to also be support, so you're going to delegate to them and then get them to delegate. So it's kind of this like trickle down of help that I hope um, you feel like you can have. And, you know, even how like you grabbed Sam and Steph on my batch um, to like put up uh, a game that we played or like this thing that we did. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you you were able to make those decisions, um, which I thought was great. And, you know, whether it's calling Ubers or um, calling the next uh, vineyard that we're going to to make sure they're ready for us, all of those little details. Mm-hmm. On the day, I really like what you said of it is important to have fun because same way we said about, you know, hair and makeup and dress that if you're not having a good time, we're not going to have a good time. And that's one of the biggest reasons that we talk about hiring a day of coordinator, because if it doesn't fall on the bride or the couple, whether it's bride and groom, two brides, two grooms, whatever, it's going to fall on someone else. And who's that going to be? The traditionally organized type a people is that often women i don't know is that so is that mom is that sister is that best friend mm-hmm. that's who it's going to fall on if it's not on this third party ancillary person don't get me started on venue coordinators you know how i feel about that love them but you know you need someone else and you need someone in your mm-hmm. corner and you you have to be on it and like you said like you didn't like start chugging champagne at 9am and like, not that anyone like went crazy, but like the other girls were, were having fun and drinking. And I hope you were having some fun too, but you also helped me go around the room and check on other people's makeup. You know, you made sure mom was okay and and happy. And um, especially when you have like family members there too, that's a really helpful thing you can do. Make sure they're good, you know? And then you like, 
as something small, like you go in to use the bathroom and wherever, like if you're where the ceremony reception is going to be and like the trash is disgusting, you go and you tell someone, you know, don't just come mm-hmm. into the room and like not tell that information or goodness forbid mention it to the bride. What's she going to do? She's going to run to go tell someone and she's going to have to get up from her chair while getting her makeup done. Just handle some of those things or delegate mm-hmm. and then delegate and get those things done. You should have the number of the day of coordinator, which you did. You know, Sarah was close by if there was anything you had a question about. Um, but also in the same vein of having fun, we know that, you know, we're pretty good and we were pretty good on the wedding day. But I, I will admit there was a moment or two where I did have a snippy comment and I immediately felt so much guilt about it. But I have to say, and I, I hope you remember this the same way that like, you know how sisters are like, we can get deep into a fight or it can be like a, a snip and then we turn around and we're best friends again. And we did a really good job of not indulging in the fight or sass with each other. It was like, nope, not today. We don't have time for this. Take it up with you in a week if we have this <laughs> with each other. You know, we could have, that could have gone one or two ways of, um, well, you snipped to me, I'm the snip of you. Then, then maybe your mom yeah. gets then maybe like close family friend who's noticed my whole life. Like, could, is she going to try to pull us apart? Is it like just that drama? We didn't give into it, even though like there might be a little spark of some drama, you know, don't give into it um, and kind of help in that way. Um, and then also, right. yeah, schmoozing with family friends, I think helps a little bit. Uh, keeping an eye on the, if, if the, the bride, if, uh, um, if the bride, you know, gets stuck talking to someone, I would also have a Mm -hmm. conversation ahead of the wedding and say, who are you worried about getting stuck talking to? Keep an eye out for it. And um, making sure that you are on the dance floor with them if that's where your bride is, you know, having having fun. Um, But I will say like, uh, yeah, I I didn't always feel the need of like, I need Celia dancing with me at all times. I wanted you to have fun. I wanted you to be with your, um, your close people that were invited to the wedding. Um, and, and things like that. So I think just being, you didn't have to be as intentional as I was with my time that wedding weekend, but to also know what was going to happen next and kind of keep an eye out for things as well. And just, um, having your own fun, but also just making sure that, that the bride is good and set too, and keeping an eye out because especially if you are family, you're going to know dynamics. Um, and if you're friends, there's friend dynamics too, you know, everyone's got something you're going to have perspective on things. And then you can also grab another bridesmaid and say, Hey, X is happening. Can you go do this? Um, and exactly. Yeah, exactly. There, I think that's right. There are so many details and that's why I became super, um, respectful of, uh, your job and being a day of coordinator because there are so many details and I think that also was part of the reason um, for me to just cut you some slack like if you were snippy at all and I, I honestly don't even remember anything um, to just and to recognize that about your bride or about the groom or whomever is in the wedding party right like that just like this is exciting but this is like high stress moments for you know for the people involved even the family members right so like if you can lend yourself to just um to just be the calm maid of honor I think that really is helpful and the only other thing that I would add is like in terms of like what exactly are you responsible for is like be on time for everything like be on time don't make anybody wonder where you are what's happening to you yeah. Wow. That's such an obvious one, but that's such a good point. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't know where you were for something. <laughs> Knock the door down. Um, you know, you were saying something and it reminded me, this might sound strange, but it reminded me of this graph or drawing about grief that I saw. I don't know who created this, but it's like, if you're the person that lost someone, like you're the middle dot. And then like, the circle around you is like your people, like the person you lost, whatever. And then it's like the other circle is like, okay, the people to those people on that inner circle, you know? So mm-hmm. obviously when someone's grieving, 
the person who is at the center of the grief should never have to console the person three circles out. Like it's not their grief to have, it's, it's that person in the center. Right. It kind of reminds me of, say there was some drama or venting, or you needed to vent. I guess this can be our venting diagram. You know, I'm sure there were times where, you know, you have a demanding full-time job and I was asking you to do something and it was frustrating or whatever. I think we have good lines of communication, but like, that's also what like your lovely partner is for, for you to say, okay, she's driving me crazy today. Or you go to a bridesmaid and go, okay, this is happening. I don't know. Like taking that somewhere else a little bit to, to give that person grace, I think can be, can be helpful. And, um, just it, yeah, it's kind of those layers of support. Am I making sense at all? Yes, no, that does it makes so much sense. There were a couple times where I wanted to, you know, uh, devolve into the like sister drama gossiping, right? Like it was, it, you know, there was like one vendor I think that was just frustrating me, and I didn't, I didn't like her facial expressions, and I was like. Mm. Mia doesn't need to hear that right now. Like oh. she just doesn't. And it's like, and I want to, I'm also inclined to tell you because like you are a day of coordinator and how much work you put into, the, but I also was like, she's also the bride. Like she has right. done so much planning for this, but this is also her moment. And she doesn't, she doesn't need to hear that. Like, I think that this woman is like a little bit bitchy. Like it's yeah. just not helpful. And, and um, like the backstory is that I very well knew <laughs> the way she was. So I was prepared going in and that might be a good, good feedback for brides of, you know, if there is someone that you have no choice, but to have around during your day, because say you want to have your day somewhere and nothing's going to break that, give people a heads up that they do not have yes. a good manner. And this is what you're going to have to deal with. Um, you know, like, yep sensitive to how people are like I know um other people can be that way and granted mm -hmm. we had other amazing people that stepped in because this person is not the nice absolutely um, right. right so but that's actually but yeah I wish I that heads up through. is important yeah and I think I might have like that day without saying too much that day before I was like oh this is xyz this is the person I want you to be dealing with, not this person, you know, because I know we are. And then it's just like, we, we start everyone at an A and then they can disappoint us fast. Some people start people at an F, but we start people at A's. We expect everyone to stay at an A, right? And I feel like we're kind of shocked when, when someone, when people mm -hmm. don't act as an A, mm -hmm. right? So that's right. That's a good point. I feel like we should end on a good note. What's another, what's a good memory? Oh, we have <laughs> the, the memory of um, thinking we were DMX on the dance floor. God rest his soul. Oh together. gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know. Dancing together. I, yeah. It was just, it was so much fun. And um, again, it is such an honor to have this role for somebody that you love. And um it can, you know, again, this goes back to like a little bit of like mindset, like it can, it can be a pain or it could be awesome. And mm -hmm. I think like, if you were really having, um, you know, any kind of trepidations about it being a pain to like talk that out, maybe with the other bridesmaids, maybe with the bride in an honest way, you know, don't put too much on her. But I think like this really at the end of the day, it should be an incredible memory and an incredible, um, you know, monument to your friendship or your, you know, or your, your sibling relationship. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I think if you're a maid of honor, and this is a phrase we use a lot in our kickoff calls of, you don't, you might not know what you don't know. That's also something that you can talk to the day of coordinator about, or the, the coordinator once you get closer of, hey, what is actually going to happen here? Like, what are these logistics? Like your bride, especially if she's a married bride, is going to be having periodic phone calls with us. So if you have a question of how something's going to work, you know, bring that up with her and then she can ask us, um, especially if you're going to surprise or any catch wind of any family members 
or anyone surprising something um, that coordinator needs to know. So having that connection and that line of communication, whether you DM us on Instagram or you casually ask the coordinator's um, Instagram handle or, or phone number or like mm -hmm. name or email or something. Um, we also sent yeah. all the information out ahead of time of the timeline of things. So then your maid of honor can look and see if she has a question and then she could go and ask the bride of like, Hey, wait a minute, but at four o'clock we're doing that. That's not going to work. Like that reading every email, um, and, and raising when you have a question, uh, again, whether it's directly to the bride or to a coordinator, I think is really important. So just being involved and not being afraid of what you don't know, um, because you'll be swept up in the, the logistics of it all and, and you'll catch on. So I think the biggest thing is to like, not worry about it very much. And especially if you're not just tuning my own horn, but like, especially if you're a Mary maid of honor, because that's really, we're there for you. You know, if you like care about this job that you're going to have, ourselves as coordinators are also very much there to help you as equally at the end of the day as the bride and groom, because we want you, like Celia has said, to, to just like be able to have fun and, and, and not worry about the behind the scenes. Like that's not your job, like put that on us. And that is why your, your bride, um, whoever she is in your life has hired us. So being able to let go is important. That's right. Well, Seal, thanks so much for being on Let's Get Married today. It was my pleasure, my debut on a podcast. <laughs> so happy to have you. And like I've said a couple times, we're recording Christmas week. So I will see you in just a couple days. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Can't wait to, what's the first thing we're going to do when we're together? Um, Hug. We always do these like full body hugs. Like yeah, legs sort of wrapped around each other, all of that. Yeah. Almost like <laughs> and then each other to the ground in the hug. Dive into the chocolate, probably. Dive into chocolate. Yes. To mom's mom's candy drawer. Oh my gosh. The, <laughs> the candy drawer is usually on another level around the holidays. So it is, I know. And especially being a teacher. God oh, bless her. She gets all these amazing treats from her very gracious students too and their families. That's true. Oh, I'm ready. I'll see the you. Holidays. Soon. Well, yes. And cheers to 2022. Here we go. Let's make it a good one. Thanks right. for having me. Thanks, Seal. Love you. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Well, that was fun. Thank you so much for uh, allowing us to uh, dive in and have a Alicata Lady episode. Um, my sister's the best and I love her so much. And I hope that you are all good to your maids of honors and your maids of honors are good to you. And, you know, you keep a good relationship throughout your planning process. And of course, afterwards um, with the the person who is uh, a really important part of your wedding day. So that was fun. Um, I will ask the the usual question that Sam asks of what's going on with Mary, but my update wanted uh, I wanted my update to be this week um, about my end of November wedding. It was such a special day. You know, we take it very important. It's very important to us that we don't become jaded and this was the wedding that almost didn't happen. So the groom, they live internationally and the groom is not a U.S. citizen, and um, but the bride is. So they were having their wedding here at Audrey's farmhouse, which we have been lucky enough to coordinate before and we're doing a couple times in 2022, which is so exciting. Um, but the international travel ban was um, in effect up until early November. And so they made a decision to um, make a call on their wedding two months, exactly two months prior. So two months prior was a Monday in September. The Friday before, the bride had emailed me this sad email and said, it's not looking good. We haven't heard any movement on the international travel ban. Literally, the group would not have been able to come to the wedding. And so that's 
how it goes here. Right. So she sends me this email, you know, she asks if there's anything we think we can do to help recoup their money. And I'm trying, I'm like, what's my advice on it? You know? So that was actually the weekend that my nephew was born. So Tony and I were, you know, deep in playing, like playing games with our five-year-old niece. And we, I was bare, I, I was on my phone less that weekend than I think I have since like middle school when I got a phone. So it was a wild weekend to say the least. She's an amazing little girl, but you know, it's a lot. Five-year-olds are a lot. Anyone who is around a five-year-old, it's, you know, as a non-parent, we were thrown into the deep end here. So I, I saw that email on Friday, but then I, it was just totally out of my brain. And then, um, on Monday I did a early yoga class and then opened up my email preparing to respond to the bride. And as I was finishing up yoga, my husband called me and said, your bride needs to look at the news. And I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? And there's a push notification that as of early November, 2021, the international travel ban would be over. And that was literally the day that the couple was going to pull the plug on their wedding. It felt like my wedding could be on at that point. And I knew the touch and go nature of things. Tony and I dealt with this in the spring and had a cutoff date when we were going to decide too. And it felt like after that, when, when the vaccine was getting more widely rolled out in the spring, in the U.S. at least, it felt like, okay, we're good to go. All these weddings can definitely happen. But, you know, it wasn't the same story for international couples or half international couples, you know? So uh, it just felt so exciting. And the family and the bride and groom and their best friends were just so good to us. And it's not why we do this. You know, it's the business of customer service and customer experience of, you know, there's not always sunshine and rainbows when it comes to working with the public. And I was just chatting with my friends who work in the um, boutique fitness space and they were having some crazy stories. So everyone be good to everyone out there. But, you know, it's not always an amazing situation. And this family and these friends were so so special to us. And we got close. I was able to do a site visit in August when the bride was here in the US and got to spend more time with her and her parents, which was nice. And just hear the dynamic of all their relatives that they hoped they could be together. And and it was really going to be one a, a very special time to unite these two families that live in different countries. So Throughout the day, there were a lot of little details, you know, amazing um, Sherpa blankets on all the chairs because we were going to have an outdoor ceremony. And Audrey's just has this beautiful greenhouse space for dinner that you kind of unveil after cocktail hour with these long wooden farm tables. And there's there's so much greenery in the space. You don't have to do a ton of florals, but Rumpus Florals did these awesome installations of vines in the cocktail area that becomes the dancing area. And the band was so fun just was such a good day. And there were so many moments where I got choked up because it really almost didn't happen. And we had become so close to the bride and the rest of the family too. So it was just really special. And I have to say that the flowers from her wedding, I took home a small bouquet that her mom offered to me at the end of the night and they lasted over a month. So I don't know what they put in the, in the flowers <laughs> where Rumpus Flowers sources her, her things, but amazing. Um, but yeah, it just, it was a very, very special wedding. And if there was any ounce of jadedness that had crept into our work, this wedding just blew that right on out and made us so excited for people's weddings days. And, um, and I will just say, we're going to work real, real hard, even if you're not the most amazing to us, if I can say that. But let me tell you, if you're good to us, which so many of our people are, we are going to be there 1 million percent of the way, tearing up in the corner, feeling all the emotion alongside you might by any means necessary, making it an amazing day. And I know we're going to do that no matter what, but it just hits different when people are as good to you as Stacey and Jack's people. So 
it was just so wonderful. And we're excited to go back to Audrey's. And it was very interesting to see how Audrey's has even improved even more since we were there pre-COVID and the staff they have and how down to earth everyone was, you know, at the end of the night, giving me snacks before I go home. Like not everybody who does that. So it was really special. It was really neat. I know everyone absolutely loved the pictures. When I coordinated Audrey's, I get the most DMs from people of, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. It totally is. So, well, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you all have a wonderful year. And we are so grateful for everyone who listens to us. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for getting married with us. Have a good one.